Percy, we know that fear and stress and anxiety is very much a part of life today, isn't it? Yes, sir, Wayne, it certainly is. And putting our heads in the sand and pretending it doesn't exist is simply being in a state of denial. And we don't want to do that. So let's continue on with the topic today uh, from our last conversation, talking about uh, cancer re-evaluation that may create stress and anxiety uh, in people's lives when they go back to see their doctor. Our guest today is none other than Anita McRae. Percy's wife will join us on the program. Stay tuned. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Pastor P. Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope. And I should give equal billing to Anita, Percy's wife, who will join us here for part two of their conversation about anxiety and stress. So that's, uh, that's coming up here in just a few moments. Percy, thank you to you. Thank you to your lovely wife, Anita, for doing this. Well, I appreciate you giving her a shout out so I don't get put in the doghouse. So with that being said. (laughs) Okay, I'll lead with her next time. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, she gets top billing, that's for sure. But yeah, we're going to come back and, and, and finish up a discussion that we thought was very worthy. And again, we're sharing our personal experience. Uh, with, you know, cancer re-evaluation anxiety, Mm -hmm. you know, based upon my return visit uh, not that long ago, going back to my doctor to kind of get a sense of where where I am in my cancer journey. Uh, And I think it's important to state that, you know, I am now on my third year anniversary, so I'm Mm -hmm. grateful to God for that. It's wonderful. Uh, Yeah, but, you know, going back to talk to your doc to get a sense of the state of the union, you know, can have an element of anxiety to it. And that was the case for us. And so we talked about it. A lot of people listening know exactly what you're talking about. And we can address that here today. So stay with us now for health, hope and inspiration. Now, uh, we like to ask a question each week and we do that because it helps us formulate some of the future programs. It helps us have an interactive feature to the program rather than being just a one-way conversation. So thank you for responding to these questions. Percy, you uh, you penned the questions. What have you come up with this time? So our question for this week that we'd like to put out and get response to is, what has been the biggest fear in your life to overcome? And what did you do to manage that fear? What has been the biggest fear in your life to overcome? And what did you do to manage that fear? All right. I look forward to hearing the responses to that issue. You can contact us through our website to answer. The website is healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on connect and you'll easily find a way to type in your response there. Healthhopeandinspiration.com. Recently, we asked a question, how conscious are you of the amount of rest that you get and how does it help you? Mm. Uh, You're looking at one of the responses we got from Nashville. Yeah, and this this was a great conversation. It was a unique uh, topic that we had on the show. And uh, the answer is this uh, from Nashville, Tennessee. After listening to your episode about sacred rest, I began to assess how much actual quality of rest do I avail myself to on a regular basis and had to admit that I am deficient in some key areas of my life, especially with sensory and social resting. Hmm. I did not realize the enormous amount of time I spent on a computer, phone, social media, and texting. 
I began cutting back the amount of time in these areas, and I now realize that I sleep more soundly as a result and thus feel fresher the next day. Thank you so much for this discussion. Isn't that good to know that we're making a difference in uh, this person's life, huh? Well, absolutely. And I remember that that discussion very well because I, too, was convicted just in, in the interview itself and talking yeah. with uh, uh, Dr. Sandra, who, who wrote a wonderful book. And I'll just very quickly plug it again. It's called Sacred Rest. I encourage everyone to go get this book. It literally has changed my life in terms of being more acutely aware of how much rest in, in certain key areas. I think there were seven areas that she highlighted that we need to be mindful of. And, and two of them were mentioned in this comment. So thank you so much from Nashville, Tennessee. We appreciate the feedback. You're giving away our secret. These programs help us too, don't they? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm the first first partaker of the first fruit. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Speaking of help, let's turn to uh, God's word for some help to get this conversation going today. And we read this conversation, uh, read this scripture when we did the first uh, segment of on this topic of cancer reevaluation, anxiety. And so I'm going to read it again for this week because it's, it's appropriate. And that's Proverbs 12, verse 25. And it simply says, worry weighs a person down, but an encouraging word cheers a person up. Today, we want to talk about worry, anxiety, stress. And, and its uh, effects. But on this segment, we're going to talk about some possible recommendations, along with good faith practices, obviously, and a course of some things that people can do, possibly to help offset and mitigate uh, anxiety around cancer reevaluation visits or any type of stress or anxiety in your life. Anita will join Percy here in just a moment. According to the National Cancer Institute, approximately 39% of men and women will be diagnosed with cancer at some point during their lifetime. Caring for people living with cancer obviously is a growing need in every church today. And to address this issue, Percy has developed the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network to equip and empower every Christian leader to better meet this great need. If you are a pastor, a leader in your church, we want to invite you to join our growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. Joining the network is absolutely free. When you sign up, you'll receive online access to exclusive leaders' resources. There's information about ministry training opportunities, and you'll receive our informative monthly email newsletter. Just visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com, click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page, and join the Ministry Leaders Network today. Without further ado, let's get back into part two of the conversation between Percy and Anita McRae. Well, hey, 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 folks, as promised on the last segment of Health, Hope, and Inspiration, both my wife, Anita, and I have returned with a follow-up segment addressing the topic cancer reevaluation anxiety. And, you know, we began this conversation last time because, you know, basically my wife mentioned to me that she felt I was experiencing or displaying some anxiety regarding my last doctor's visit that required new scans and tests for follow-up and reevaluation. And as well as for her, she also uh, admitted that she felt that she was having some anxiety as well. So we wanted to push this conversation and discussion further and continue with our transparency about our own dynamics and what we've learned about anxiety. But if you missed that first segment, please archive show number 337 and go and listen to it so you can get the full context of what we're going to do today. 
That said, let us continue with reading some additional findings. We started out uh, by reading an article and some findings from the National Cancer Institute report that was dated April 30th, uh, 2020, entitled Helping Cancer Survivors Cope with Cancer-Related Anxiety. We're going to pick up and start reading uh, from there. Uh, The article further goes on to say, research shows that anxiety and distress are more common in long-term cancer survivors than in their healthy peers with no history of cancer. Uh, In addition to fear of recurrence, other sources of cancer-related distress for survivors include concerns about family, finances, changes in body image and sexuality, and the challenges of managing their long-term health needs. These specific cancer types of distress may not fall into the classic description of anxiety or depression, but are still disruptive uh, to a person's quality of life. And that's what really uh, Anita and I were talking among ourselves about ourselves and the impact of, uh, I don't know what level of anxiety we would rate that we were experiencing, but we were experiencing some element and aspect of of uh, anxiety. And as she stated, one of the key areas for me was, again, not really getting any sleep, which I didn't really think much about that, or the dynamic of being a bit agitated, if you will, or, or a little uh, less communicative or quiet. But that is that is a disruption to one's quality of life. And you your stress or anxiety may impact you differently, you know, maybe uh, outbursts of anger uh, or what have you. But the point to be made is we want to be mindful and conscious of this. In your particular case, Anita, you said that you were experiencing a bit of mental and and, and physical fatigue. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, I was. Um, normally, I can jump out of bed and, and get to work on time. And um, I found myself, you know, pushing that snooze button more than more than twice, you know. That's that's not like me. So, again, folks, here's the deal. Uh, we don't want to ignore this dynamic because, again, it can be a very real scenario for us that are in the cancer community as we move forward. Continuing with the National Cancer Institute's uh, uh, findings, it says that as the number of long-term cancer survivors continue to grow, oncologists and other providers who care for survivors have become more aware that their patients are at increased risk for anxiety and distress. And I think that the important statement here, the good news is that there are more and more people who are surviving cancer than any time ever before. And we've talked about that on this show. In the last 20, 30 years, the death rate of cancer has dropped precipitously. But what comes with that, though, can be an element of as one is surviving is the, you know, the constant feeling or worry of is or will my cancer return? Because cancer is a sneaky and very insidious disease. And of course, babe, you experience the dynamic of your mom having breast cancer. So, you know, again, there's an element of, you know, there's always kind of in the back of your mind, you know, is it all gone? Is it taken care of? You know, and again, yes, we profess uh, the word of God that we are, you know, we are healed uh, in Jesus name and by his stripes, we are healed. Uh, we do our due diligence from a medical perspective. I hope you are anyway. We're taking our diagnostics and we're following up with our annual exams. But we still have to deal with the possibility of that fear creeping back into our hearts of something happening. And so 
One of the things that uh, I wanted to do with the little time that we have, uh, babe, is that I wanted to offer, according to the National Cancer uh, Institution's uh, writing here, some possible ways to address any type of distress or anxiety. And again, if this doesn't work for you, then by all means, continue to do uh, whatever it is that you do or find other mechanisms. But I want to offer some things from a clinical perspective and from, and from clinical professionals who have made some suggestions. And so they, they say here that approaches that have been shown to be helpful for managing anxiety and distress in cancer survivors, survivors include a type of psychotherapy. Don't let that word scare you. Mm-hmm. I know that, you know, in in evangelical Christian circles or faith circles, you know, cycle this, cycle that gives us kind of a, a, a fear and apprehension. But just hear me out and, and consider this and be prayerful about the information that you hear. Include a type of psychotherapy called cognitive behavior therapy, uh, which can be mindfulness-based stress reduction, self-management, exercise, and in some cases, anti-anxiety and antidepressant medications. There may be for some out there who may need to have some assistance while they're working with their faith and through their faith to deal with their levels of anxiety, that medication may be helpful appropriately for them. And so with that, three quick things that they are offering as possible ways to counteract uh, uh, anxiety and distress in our lives as cancer patients. The first one, babe, is acceptance and commitment therapy for fear of recurrence. Uh, One approach that could help cancer survivors cope with distress is a newer form of cognitive behavior therapy called acceptance and commitment therapy, or ACT. ACT supports survivors in figuring out what they can change by taking specific actions consistent with their values, yet recognizing the parts of their experience they can't change, explained clinical psychologist Shelley Johns. PSYD of the Regenestrife yep. Institute and the Indiana University Melvin and Bren Simmons Comprehensive Cancer Center. For instance, she said, cancer survivors may always have concerns that the cancer will come back, but ACT can teach skills that help them live with greater ease and those unchangeable realities. And so this is one possible recommendation. Again, it's a possible recommendation and nothing is being said here that will guarantee to do anything. But again, I'm all about offering solutions and possibilities and tips. So again, that may be one possible avenue. A second option that they offered was storytelling, storytelling to help survivors and caregivers cope with distress. And that's really what we do on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Mm-hmm. We give people the, uh, the platform to tell their cancer story. And in many ways, that is very therapeutic uh, for the cancer patient and or for their caregiver. So it goes on to say, addressing the needs of caregivers is another important area of research, Dr. Mayer said, as studies show that spouses and partners of cancer survivors are also more prone to anxiety than other people and may help them have uh, or help them work through their own health issues. Health communication and behavioral scientist Juan Sun Sunny Kim, Ph.D. of Arizona State University, uh, Edson College of Nursing and Health Innovation, is studying the effectiveness of a four-week web-based digital storytelling approach to help both patients 
with cancer and their caregivers. And and the big takeaway here is I'm not familiar with that study or that particular program, but the philosophical school of thought is be willing to uh, find an environment or people that you can tell your story to. One of the great revelations that I found out in supporting cancer patients over you know these two decades is when cancer patients feel that they can articulate uh, openly share what their journey has been and communicate that with others that there is a healing a soothing and a calming dynamic for them that helps to bring them into a place of ease and empowerment I think one of the things that happens babe with with the conversation of cancer is that we have been historically conditioned uh, to not to talk about this and to keep it silent and keep it mm-hmm. close to our vest. And we just kind of whisper it almost yep. uh, like the the boogeyman is out there. But the fact of the matter is, based upon this recommendation, again, from the National Cancer Institute, uh, they're suggesting that uh, cancer patients and their caregivers should actually attempt to, to exercise some pathway or process of telling their story or sharing, sharing their story. What do you think about that? I think it's a great idea. Telling, telling your show, story and, and sharing your story can change someone's life. And in, in, in that happening, how can that impact you? Because the point that they're making here, in your opinion anyway, <laughs> in telling your story or sharing your story, I know the Bible tells us that, you know, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Uh, you know, test, testifying Correct. is a big part of, of, of the faith community's expression you are a caregiver. How do you think that that is impactful and important that helps you be able to tell your story to others? And I'm sure you've shared bits and pieces of, mm-hmm. of your caregiving experience uh, with the kids and with you know close friends and so on and so forth. How has that empowered you, sweetie? There isn't a week that's gone by that I haven't had someone um, reach out and ask me about part of our journey whether it's um, needing advice, how to help um, be a caregiver themselves. You know, maybe someone's husband has been recently diagnosed or even their mom or dad, um, someone that they love. Um, And so it's helped helped tremendously. I can give them some tips, some advice Mm -hmm. um, on how to, to help care for them. How does it make you feel? How does it make me feel? Mentally and emotionally when you do that. How does that strengthen you? It, it, I'm, I'm always, um, you know how when you, you get uh, more out of being a giver than, than receiving? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always blessed. I always feel stronger by, by being able to tell the story, um, being able to give, um, always. And I would imagine that there's an element of of being able to that's kind of a decompression because it's not all being kept inside and, and, and held inside, which can build up to a certain amount of pressure. There's almost like a decompression that is being a release that is taking place. Well, certainly, certainly, um, because you're sharing that. And I think each time you're able to to share that story, to to give a little bit, um, you're that's that's a healing each time. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. 
And then the third thing that, uh, and thank you for sharing, sweetie, the third thing that is being suggested and recommended, again, by the National Cancer Institute, and you can go online and we'll, we'll attach the uh, link to this actual uh, written document that you can follow and read and pass along to others in the show notes, is exercising together for better mental health. As couples, uh, at Oregon Health and Science University's Knight Cancer Institute, exercise scientists Carrie Winters Stone, Ph.D., is studying the effects of partnered exercise training on the physical and mental health and relationship quality of couples, survivors and their partners coping with cancer. I thought that this was amazing to me. Cancer affects each uh, partner's physical and mental health and puts a strain on their relationship, says this article and says this particular Uh, expert, this PhD. It says the study will examine whether exercising together helps to reduce uh, participating couples' anxiety and depression and fear of recurrence and improve their physical health as well as the quality of their relationship. And there are other things that this says about that. And what I want to say to that specifically is, is that uh, number one, we talk about this and we have on the show, we've got to get our bodies moving. We have to Mm -hmm. do some sort of exercise. It's not necessarily just only for physical well-being, but there's a mental and an emotional component. I know when I ride my bike, I try to ride and I'm trying to do more of riding, that there is a mental relaxation for me and an emotional clearance and clarity that I actually hear God much clearer under those circumstances. Now, obviously, I'm trying to concentrate on traffic and 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 people who are not looking out for me. But there is a re, there is a interesting um, uh, emotional and mental uh, solidarity and clarity that I hear God in such clear tones, even though I'm exercising my body. And this uh, recommendation is that couples should try to exercise together for the same type of dynamic, whatever type of exercise works for you. Again, you need to figure out what that is. But it also helps to build uh, strong relationships because one of the things that I am aware of, and, and, and you and I have talked about this, that we know of and I know of people that a cancer journey and diagnosis has actually pulled people apart in their relationships and mm-hmm. is caused uh, because of strain, stress, and anxiety where somebody pulled away from the other because they felt overwhelmed or they felt that they couldn't take it anymore, they couldn't handle the dynamic. Uh, but this is suggesting to us that exercising together for better mental health uh, may also be a way to reduce and eliminate or, or counteract stress and anxiety. How do you feel about that school of thought, babe? I know we used to do some exercise <laughs> together, and that's something that we really should pick back up and do we more should. of. But, you know, give me your thoughts about hearing that. I think it's a great idea. I think that um, choosing something that both people enjoy, um, I think, um, is is great. I know on our vacation we did a, quite a bit of things together, yeah. um, and it was great. It, it was wonderful. So I think that is a is just a great recommendation. Um, so, yeah. I'm, so, in terms of bonding? Bonding, yeah. In terms uh, of communication? Communication, bonding, even when things go wrong. I think it's it's because you're working things out together. It joins it joins the couple more together, and you're able to, to work things together works work things out i think it's a it's a wonderful piece of advice well again today we wanted to just broach the conversation and again if for those that are listening that 
may feel that, you know, the conversation of anxiety or stress or even depression, God forbid, using that term in evangelical Christian or faith circles, uh, may not be part of your lexicon from a theological perspective. I respect that, and, and I certainly won't judge you for that, but I would ask you not to judge me or others who may have experienced or are experiencing that. I know that we are now currently in the marketplace uh, and in the public square where mental health and emotional health is very much atop of many conversations that today I would say unlike any time ever before, babe, you know, we've never heard as many people be open and honest about expressing, hey, I'm struggling. I'm mm -hmm. having some issues. Uh, I need to talk with someone. I need to decompress some dynamics that, that, that are taking place in my life. And I, and I would certainly say that that is true with regard to the cancer community, specifically about the cancer patient and also the caregiver, because we, we know that we cannot forget about the caregiver, babe. And I want to say thank you uh, for being such a good caregiver for me. And there may have been times, even based upon what started this conversation, that I may not have been as easy to work with or engage with because, again, of being agitated or being quiet or non-communicative or, or not sleeping properly. You know, those are disruptors to one's quality of life, and I thank you for, for being there with me. But likewise, also with regard to your, at times, you know, mental heaviness that, that you are articulated and, and being tired, we have to take better care of ourselves. And, and, and cancer is a heavy disease. It's a heavy conversation. Uh, and we're moving forward in Jesus' name, and we're, and we're believing that you're doing the same. But this may be a conversation that you need to have with your spouse or with someone, your significant other, and or your health care provider. So with that being said today, uh, babe, I thank you. And do you have any closing thoughts? I do. Or when um, I am feeling overwhelmed or, or feeling a little stress, the thing that helps me is to, to dig into my quiet time and, and dig into my the words of the Lord. And... Um, I wanted to bring this to you. This is um, this is Philippians four six through seven, and it says, "Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus." And let me say again, uh, for those that will say, that's all that we need to do. Uh, I will not disagree with you if that's all that you need to do. But for those of you who may need to do some additional things uh, um, along with what uh, Anita just subscribed, certainly we should we read the Word of God. We should, should saturate ourselves and encompass ourselves with His, with his precious promises through Holy Scripture, uh, you know, worship, fellowship. Uh, partake in our, our, our favorite sacred music uh, mm -hmm. and, and obviously quiet time and prayer and, and, and get quiet with the Lord. Whatever the pathway that facilitates the ability to decompress and to and ward off anxiety and stress, uh, please do so. But remember, there may be some additional things that, that certain others may need to do to get them to that place. And so don't be afraid and don't run and hide from this discussion and conversation. And I would also say don't allow others to make you feel embarrassed if you feel like that you need some additional support. Absolutely. Um, because that's what God leads us to. That's when you f you'll feel the Holy Spirit. You'll feel the Holy Spirit giving you guidance 
Um, there are many, many of our um, friends who um, who need extra support. There, there's nothing wrong with that. There, the Lord tells us and shows us um, that He is there, and He has given us uh, those those tools to work with. Um, so I just thank Him for that. And this is not something that we should shy away from. This is something that we need to work with. Well, thank you, babe. Thanks for, uh, I know this is not kind of your normal, you know, uh, uh, dynamic. And so uh, I know you are a tireless worker behind the scenes mm-hmm. as a leader of, of individuals. Uh, but I appreciate you sharing your thoughts, your commentary, and, and being a bit vulnerable and open with regard to your own acknowledgement. And uh, we're better for that, and we'll continue to be better. And so today, you have heard uh, from the one and only Anita McCray, my wife and my spouse and my partner. And today, this has been Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Take care. God bless. Back in the studio now, and I have a question or two for Percy. I'll get to that in just a moment. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America with City of Hope or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling this number, 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, let me look you in the eye here and just say thank you, thank you, thank you for being vulnerable I mean, you are a, a, a man uh, who loves Christ, you love the church, you've grown up with this faith, and yet you were vulnerable enough to admit that, you know, there's some anxiety here, and I think we all need to be that human about this. Well, yeah, and again, as I stated, when, when my wife brought it to my attention, it, it kind of it, it pushed me back, I have to be honest with you. And then I, I started processing what she was saying. And I was like, well, I think you're right, babe. I think I, I was experiencing a bit of anxiety. And I felt like it was important enough. Sometimes in the world of faith and in the Christian community, we can sometimes ignore or deny yeah. the elements of our humanity. Sometimes, many times we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was really trying to be politically correct there, but but absolutely, Wayne. And you know, I'm at the stage of my life now where I'm I'm not here to try to impress anyone and I'm nope. not trying to, you know, uphold any type of preconceived reputation as much as I'm trying to get to the source of truth that, number one, will help me, but also will help others. And uh, the Lord said, you need to talk about this and you need to be willing to share that information with us. Yep. Yep. Well, we were the beneficiaries of it. So, again, thank you to you and thank you to your wife, Anita, not just for this conversation we heard just now, but for the one previous to this. Mm-hmm. And, of course, both of those programs are in the archive right now. If you'd like to go back and listen to part one, certainly do that at healthhopeandinspiration.com and download a free resource we have there. One of many, Victory Over Fears, our featured resource, but there are many resources there to take advantage of it. Healthhopeandinspiration.com. You want to conclude with uh, circling back on God's Word? Indeed. And thank you for the privilege to have the platform to do that, to be honest, to be open, and to be human. I think that we all are better served when we do that. 
at the end of the day. And and I'm reminded that God knows what's going on inside of our hearts and yeah. in our heads. So, you know, we're not, we're not fooling him, anybody. We? No, yeah. we're not fooling. <laughs> Only people we're fooling is ourselves, quite mm-hmm. frankly. And so with that, uh, we close the way that we began. Uh, and so the uh, scripture that I want to read or the spiritual nugget for today is Proverbs 12, verse 25. Very simple verse of scripture. Worry weighs a person down, but an encouraging word cheers a person up. And today, if you are listening and you are experiencing an element of anxiety, uh, fear, uh, d- dare I say depression, hmm. we want to encourage you and remind you that there is a way that can be managed to work through that. You're not out of faith. You're not out of the will of God. Uh, he knows and he's he is a, acutely aware of where you are. Uh, submit yourself under the mighty hand of God. You know, be clear about what, what your issues are. Find someone that you can trust that you can possibly unpack and speak through uh, and speak to some of those issues and understand at the end of the day that God says that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. And this is not about who finishes first. This is about those who endure to the end. And so be encouraged with that on this day. We are. Thank you, Pastor P, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Center of America, part of City of Hope. Now, I guess I got some wood to go chop somewhere, right? We got work to do, my friend. We got to work on our anxiety, our stresses, our fears. So we've got work to do. So let's keep chopping the wood. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific need. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.